Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, and welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to continue my series of podcasts with Harold Evans of Arena Technologies, and we're going to talk about phosphates. We'll touch a little bit about enzymes also in this episode, but the main focus of this will be phosphates, what a um, what the phosphates actually do in the water, and we'll talk a little bit about the phosphate remover that Arenda um, technology makes, and we'll just pretty much discuss phosphates um, in pretty good detail here in this podcast. Leslie's Pool Supplies is a proud partner of the Pool Guy Podcast Show. Leslie's Pool Supplies has been do-it-yourselfers and pool trade professionals trusted partners since 1963, providing quality products and services to make pool care easy and solutions and expertise to do it right. I'm joined again by Harold Evans, and today we're going to continue the series and on, that we started recording yesterday, or yesterday, earlier, and um, we're going to talk today about water quality issues. So how you doing, Harold? I'm doing fine. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me, David. Yeah, so this is, the, this is something that I deal with all the time through the YouTube and through my coaching group, and this is water quality issues, and it seems to be something... Um, that is happening a lot out there, both for the pool pro and for the homeowner. And this is constant algae in the pool, water quality issues, cloudy water. Um, and besides the normal things that we can eliminate from this equation, which is uh, poor filtration and runtime, what would be a primary cause of these problems that continue throughout the whole season um, that uh, people are having with their water quality? Because most of the questions I get in the summertime or during the season are about the water quality. So we'll talk a bit about phosphates and how they may contribute to it. And then I'll let Harold explain the relationship between phosphates and some water quality issues. Well, as a person that's been in the pool service industry since 1984, I've operated the pool surgeon in the Dallas market for a lot of years. Um, I always was perplexed by the idea of how it is that we can have quote-unquote, perfect chemistry in algae in a pool. That doesn't seem perfect to me. And so what are the explaining factors that can allow us to take a water sample, test the water sample, and the parameters of our industry are met, and yet we have clarity issues, we have algae, we have other conditions that don't aren't explained by the testing. And uh, I think that's one of, the, uh, one of the challenges when you're not looking at a pool that you can't see. And so... Uh, it's always been frustrating, I think, to the industry and to the consumer to think they're doing all the things they're supposed to be doing, and yet they don't have the water that they're looking for. Um, and I think that um, it's simple. So you have to understand in first that a pool is made up of three basic things, which is circulation, chemistry, uh, and filtration. So if you take how the water turns over, how the water is filtered, and then how the water is chemically treated, those three factors are going to explain most all the problems that could always exist in a swimming pool. So let's talk about the chemistry in particular. So 
if you're having algae issues in a pool, um, for example, mustard algae, it's not uncommon um, to have mustard algae on the shade side of a pool in perfectly sanitized water. I mean, chlorine right on, free chlorine right on, and yet you still have the presence of algae in the pool. Um, and ultimately clarity, and that's how we judge, I think, a pool. So not discounting the factor, but we're going to isolate to this to the subject of just chemistry. Um, there's a couple of things in there that affect how water uh, performs. And so one of those things um, is the oxidant demand in the water. So assuming that you have a residual of chlorine in the water, if that chlorine's doing its job, then you would think that you wouldn't have algae in the pool. But oxidant demand has to be climbed through before we can sanitize. So if we have bather waste in the water, if we have uh, things reacting to chlorine in the water that are diverting its attention, uh, chlorine is a nonspecific oxidizer that seeks everything out. And one of the very first things that's not talked about a lot in the pool industry is the first level of oxidant demand in the water, believe it or not, is metals, and in particular, iron. So one of the things that you should be looking for is whether you have iron in your water. Uh, iron has the instant attraction to tie up chlorine, and you could have chlorine dropping out of that pool quicker than you can put it back in, and metals in the water have something to do with that happening. So that's one thing that huh. you should look at. Um, always be not overlook the presence of, um, of iron in the water because uh, I believe it's at 0.25 or 0.5, I don't remember. Um, it, it definitely affects chlorine demand. So uh, that's first thing. The second thing is that neutrophiers in the water, like phosphorus, obviously um, assist in things remaining in the water. Um, and there's some, I won't get into the details of it, but there's some interactive uh, water chemistry, high, high level water chemistry things that are going on. Most of the salt system manufacturers in our industry uh, acknowledge this also, but phosphorus essentially interferes in the production of chlorine uh, in a salt cell generator and ultimately uh, affects the speed with which chlorine can kill. And so the, the point here is that removing nutrition from the water is one more factor, uh, and it's not a miracle, uh, it's just one of the combination of things out there that could be affecting the clarity of water. So removing phosphates it's become a pretty broad-based understanding uh, in the industry. Um, in my opinion, maybe even overused a little bit, even though I sell the product, and I guess I shouldn't be promoting less use of a product, but that's what I believe. <laughs> uh, it's not a cure for everything, and I think a lot of people will call our help desk and say, hey, I put phosphate control in the pool, and they keep thinking phosphate control is going to do something that it's not capable of doing. So it's part of a harmony and it's part of a, a, a onion layer approach to, to treating a pool, but it's not a miracle cure. So it's just one more element to remove. But I think one of the things that mostly affects, assuming once again, that we have a level of free chlorine in the pool, uh, or the fact we can't get a free chlorine level in the pool has to do with the bather waste in the water, the oxidant demand. And I won't get into the technical details of it, but the bottom line is that if there's body waste and oils and films in the water, things hide in those films, which are not beneficial, by the way. But additionally, the chlorine will go after that as long as it can until it gives up and it forms a chloramine. And a chloramine essentially is a much slower to react uh, oxidizer. In fact, when tied up with organics, it virtually does nothing to oxidize uh, and, and provide protection. So um, 
using a product, and there are other products that can do this also, but we should look at bather waste as one of the, in my opinion, one of the principal driving mechanisms that affect the clarity of water. Um, those same properties happen in the filter. So indirectly, the presence of oxidant demand affects performance of circulation and filtration. So it's not just chemistry, it's how fast the water can flow through the media. It's, um, it's holding back the whole system. So if you look at a core uh, performance of water, getting the body waste and the oils out of the water is, is overlooked. And it's a huge factor um, that can really allow your system, the water clarity that enzymes create in particular ours is phenomenal. Um, and it actually oxidizes the carbon waste and converts it into carbon dioxide. And it literally leaves the pool uh, by virtue of CO2 offgassing. So getting that, the oils and those, uh, those demand items out of the way makes for a much easier job. And once again, as we've talked about in previous podcasts, then less sanitizers required and less unnecessary byproducts are left behind. So essentially, enzyme technology is designed to take waste products out of the water to better set the stage for a quick, efficient, and um, timely way to remove the items in the pool that interfere in the sanitation process. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I find it interesting that phosphates, um, you know, over the last few years has really been um, a topic of interest in the industry. Um, you know, when I first started, no one ever talked about it. In fact, probably not until maybe the last six or seven years, it wasn't really even thought of as a factor in any of these problems with the algae forming. Um, but I find it interesting that the phosphate levels are measured in parts per billion. And I also find it interesting that um, when you mention the enzymes, how it makes the chlorine more effective by freeing it up to do other things. Um, in the combination, I think, of both products, um, of course, not overusing them, and it's not a cure-all, but if you use both products effectively, the chlorine is going to be much more effective, and I think um, a lot of the problems that people are having with their water quality will be eliminated, and I know um, you touched on the enzymes, but um, touch on the enzymes and the filtration and also the, um, the phosphate levels. What would be a phosphate level that would be requiring some kind of phosphate remover? So it's interesting just to go back a little bit on phosphates. So we sell dramatically less phosphate control in Mexico as we do in America. And part of that's because it's a tested product. If it's not in the water, uh, then why would you put product in for something that's not there? Um, The reason that this evolution in the last eight to 10 years of this discussion about phosphates uh, has come about is a very simple one. And that is the EPA mandated, because of disinfection uh, byproduct issues in drinking water, the use of a phosphate-based sequestrant to be put in the water to um, assist in the corrosion management of the use of chloramines, which is ammonia additives in our drinking water. So there's a direct relationship between the elevation and the use of phosphate-based products in drinking water for this pronounced uh, byproduct issue in swimming pools. So it's not imaginary, and it's very well explained that we weren't putting this in water years ago, and that's the reason that the only other place prior to that you'd find it is in agricultural areas or in in frequent circumstances. But essentially, phosphates are being added to drinking water pretty much across the board throughout the United States. Hmm. So that's the reason that phosphate control has come about more. Um, And ultimately, these phosphates uh, will 
oxidize over time and become orthophosphates. And one of the things that you should be aware of about phosphate control is that orthophosphates are what the test kits that we have in the industry are. But other forms of phosphates don't necessarily show up in your test kit. And they're also forged in the algae. So if you have active algae or building block phosphates like the poly and, uh, and non-orthophosphates, over time they become orthophosphates, but you could have a pool, you could test a pool with algae in it, there not be any phosphates present, and there's plenty of algae in there, which doesn't explain why you have algae, because obviously it's one of the items uh, that allow algae to flourish. Well, number one, it's in the cell wall of the algae, it stores uh, this phosphorus for rainy days, and secondly, uh, the polyphosphorus over time becomes orthophosphates. So your test kit may show no phosphates, but the fact is that if, for example, RPR 10,000 reacts in the water, it's reacting to phosphorus of some form or another. It attracts all forms of phosphorus in the precipitation and removal of phosphates. So you're not only removing what you test for, but you're removing any preemptive products that are going to become the more ultimate food base, which is what orthophosphates are. Orthophosphates are like five-star food for algae. Other forms of phosphates are less the case. So that's the, the distinction that, of, uh, that explains why suddenly we're talking about phosphates. It's not just uh, the need for me to make a living, um, but it's something that's scientifically uh, evidenced by the behavior and changes in our drinking water in this country. I wasn't talking about phosphates 10 years ago because honestly there wasn't a great reason to talk about it. So mm -hmm. it's a modern problem. It's not a historical problem. And grays like myself always say, oh, you know, I've been in the pool business for 20 years and 30 years or 40 years or whatever, and I've never had to do this. Well, I agree with you. You know, dot matrix printers are not being used today because laser printers weren't available 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So we have to evolve forgetting our experience for the moment or not using it as a interfering force of our understanding and to recognize um, that the reality is that things have changed. And the reason they've changed is because our habits have changed. And this is done because our drinking water uh, is putting, they're putting ammonia in our drinking water because our disinfection byproducts that creates uh, carcinogens in the water uh, became a bigger issue. So, in phosphates is that it's it's not a modern day invention for people like me to make a living. It's something mm -hmm. that has science based evidence for where the behavior change came from and what we were left with and what we're having to manage today. And we're going to stop here today for this episode talking about the phosphates and we'll continue again in another episode talking about how the enzymes will also help enhance the chlorine in the pool. And I know Harold had mentioned too much about their phosphate product. But the uh, PR-10,000 is very widely used in the industry, and it's been um, widely known that it's a highly effective phosphate remover. In fact, it doesn't take much of this product to remove the phosphate levels in your pool. Um, if you have phosphate levels of um, 1,500 parts per billion in a 10,000-gallon um, pool, it only takes about four ounces of the PR-10,000 to remove the 1,500 uh, parts per billion of phosphates in a 10,000-gallon body of water. So it's highly concentrated and highly effective. You can learn more about um, the products that Arenda carries along with um, the app, the dosage app, the Calculate That um, on their website, arendatech.com. And you can uh, download the dosage app onto your phone and also 
their app has the videos and also uh, the articles regarding um, phosphates and phosphate treatment. So a lot of the things that we talked about here, there are videos available on their site that discuss phosphates in a lot of detail. And if you want to hear the other podcast episodes in this series, you can definitely um, click on the links that's, that is going to be in the description of this podcast. You can also go to my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and at the very top, you'll see my podcast link on the homepage. You click on that, and you can get the other episodes in this series. Um, but I hope you found this helpful on phosphates, and I hope you join us for the rest of the series that we're talking about other water quality issues um, that will affect your pool. And also, if you do pool service, it'll affect you, the pools on your route. And if you do do pool service for a living, definitely check out my coaching program. You can find out more about that at poolguidecoaching.com. And there's a lot of great benefits that go along with joining the coaching program. And you can see all that, again, on that site, poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.